0: This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, my name is Trace James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are, well, Off My Shelf, where I go through my DVDs and talk about the movies in my collection. In this episode, Julian Spillane is here to talk everything Clerks. As we discuss the whole uh, series so far... So we're gonna talk Clerks, Clerks Two, and Clerks Uncensored, the animated show. Welcome.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me again. I'm back from being Back to the Future.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've uh, we passed the future, right? Oh so,
1: God. You're right. I mean, can happen now. We're, I mean, Brown.
0: we're even past like the Blade Runner future and everything. We
1: are. So, I can't think of any like
0: upcoming near futures. That's true. Somebody was saying the future is Star Wars, and I'm like, no. Long time ago, Galaxy Far, yeah, Far yeah. Away. We passed that obviously, like, so obviously it doesn't Star count.
1: Star Trek <laughs> is, is is you know a hundred some odd years away from the TOS yes. from, from from Enterprise. Yes, because an Enterprise like
0: twenty one like,
1: something. Yeah, so yeah. we still we still got a century to go before then. Yeah,
0: and it's after World War Three, which is in like twenty sixty something. So or, or next year, or next year, <laughs> it, <laughs> depends. it depends. It uh, depends. So yeah, we are in the future.
1: Uh, Yeah, so a perfect way to transition into this new decade is to talk about something that is firmly affixed in two decades prior, (laughs) Clerks. I was just just saying to Tracy before the podcast started that I don't think I can think of a more Gen X series than Clerks.
0: Well, it's true. It's very much a, you know, the world is putting me down and, uh, you know, everything is wrong and I can't do anything about it and, oh my god, oh my god, and pleated pants. Like, it's... Yeah. It's weird. And, like, but...
1: nerd references, before nerd references were cool, yes. thus creating the cult class. Like, I think a lot, you know, I don't I don't want to attribute too much to Kevin Smith because, while he's awesome, uh, you know, he's just one creator. But I think Clerks set up a lot of the referential humor and and geek-like references mm-hmm. and made them cool at a time mm-hmm. when it wasn't. And yes. I think it allowed people to embrace their inner nerd in ways that probably would have been more societally shunned upon earlier.
0: Well, I think, uh, well, in the early 90s specifically, that was the point in time where this whole idea of uh, nostalgia was taking over. Mm-hmm. And I think it that's why Clerks hit so hard at that point and why it was accepted is because it hit at that right point where nostalgia and back references and everything like so much came out in like that early 90s mid 90s period that was just 98% references to other stuff that that whole genre was able to like grow and build and now we're here making references to something that just make references to other things it's this weird meta you know media society that we're living in right now
1: yeah yeah so, in, a, in, in preparation for this, I watched Clerks, Clerks 2, and Clerks the Animated Series, slash Clerks Uncensored. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, because I watched the animated series contemporaneously, like, right when it came out. Yeah. Um, and was subsequently immediately cancelled. Yeah. Well,
0: according <laughs> to the DVD case, only two episodes aired.
1: Yeah, and, that, and it wasn't the pilot. It was the first episode that aired was the episode with the flashbacks. So, I thought the joke was that they were there were no episodes to flash back to (laughs) not that the joke is that they were flashing back to the one episode they had but either Mm -hmm. way it's a funny gag yes and then they uh the other one that aired i believe was the lawsuit one where Mm -hmm. the the uh oh my god bear is driving how can this be uh korean animation studio yeah uh, the infamous judge judge reinhold (laughs) episode
0: yes uh, infamous is a strong word, because 98% of people don't know it exists, so, <laughs> I don't know, sure. Yeah, I guess maybe we that. should
1: tell the audience what it is, because I'm sure everyone's heard of Clerks and Clerks 2. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, Clerks and Clerks 2, of course, were, you know, in theaters, Clerks was Kevin Smith's first theatrical film that he put out, mm-hmm. um, it debuted at, like, uh, Sundance, I believe it was. Um, and a couple of other small film festivals, and he got some buzz, and he got enough money to make Mallrats, which got more buzz, which, you know, and he also was friends with a couple of pretty famous people at the time. Yeah. So um he was able to parlay all of that into his directing, writing career that he's got going out there right now. Uh, Clerks 2 came much later. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, like? Well, after Dogma, it was and. 3 4 2006 2006 Yes wow much later <laughs> wow Um so that's what a full 12 years later 12
1: years after Um the first
0: one. yeah after he put out a bunch of his movies actually and um Clerks uncensored I actually think Clerks didn't Clerks uncensored come out before it Yeah Clerks uncensored came out
1: in the early 2000s I think it was 2000 2000 like.
0: 2001 apparently yeah. it says was the release which Seems weird for two episodes. It's it's fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, where were we going? I was about to oh, just talking thing. about the history of what, what the animated series was. Yes. So the animated series, of course, follows the two main characters, Dante and Randall, who work at the Quick Stop. And for some reason, they have an arch nemesis that's voiced by Alec um, Baldwin. Alec, which I did not remember until I started watching no. it. I was like, that voice is really familiar. Yeah. I think that's Alec Baldwin. It can't be Alec Baldwin. I looked it up. It was Alec Baldwin.
1: Brian Cranston also makes a surprise guest appearance. But he, this again, this was before, this was right during um, Malcolm, the beginning of Malcolm in mm. the Middle. So he was just a name in a list of alphabetized credits. He mm-hmm. wasn't an and or a with or... Or,
0: or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, he wasn't known. He wasn't famous. He wasn't, he wasn't anything at the time. I mean, Malcolm in the Middle started in 2000. Yeah. So it was just at the same time. Um, and he was just a guy out there looking for work. Well, he was I mean, doing a lot of VO.
1: Like he was. So Brian Cranston appeared in a lot of anime dubs. um, oh. in the in the late '80s and early '90s, mm-hmm. uh, mostly like film theatrical stuff. I think he was in Laputa Castle in the Sky, the okay. Miyazaki film, uh, and I think he appeared in Mononoke. Uh, But he was just he was just on a on a rota. People Uh, do. He was also on Seinfeld. He was also on Seinfeld. Yeah, he
0: was the uh, dentist who switched to uh, Judaism for the joke.
1: The (laughs) anti-dentist.
0: Yes, but he was actually on several episodes. What was his? What was his character? I do not want to look it up. What was his character's name? His character, Tim Watley. Tim Watley. Yes. (laughs) But I think he was in something like ten episodes. Like he wasn't. He wasn't, like, a one-off. Yeah. Like, he was an actually impressive quite a for, few for,
1: for a guest. Like, there was only, like, Babu Bot appeared a, a bunch of times. Yes. Watley appeared a bunch of times. But really, there weren't too many other recurring and, guests.
0: Well, there was um, Crazy Joe DiVolo. Well, that was only, like, three episodes, though. Because that was, like, yeah. a season arc thing. I guess Putty. Weird. And, yes, that's right. Because Putty was there. Then he left. And then he came back. And he was, like... He was there for like a whole season. Yeah, Patrick Warburton
1: became like a recurring character at by mm-hmm. But anyway,
0: back to Claire. Yeah. So at this point in time, um,
1: Kevin Smith had really been nailing it. Like, I, I, you know, chasing Amy became his his big. Oh, you can do a movie that actually is not just references, has yes. some emotion to it, mm-hmm. uh, and then followed that up with Dogma, mm-hmm. which which I still think is particularly interesting because it's it's a. It got heavily protested. Yes, it did. Uh, and it got lumped in, you know, as as as, as a anti Christian atheistic film. But it wasn't as it wasn't the comedy wasn't as cheap as that. Like it was actually no, it a fairly wasn't. introspective thing, and I think it's because Kevin Smith himself says he's a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very much like his interpretation of what religion means to him. It was a particular uh, very interesting, like weird take on on the whole premise.
0: Well, actually, I don't think dogma is anti religion in any way, shape, or form. It's just showing different aspects of the religion that he has grown up with. I yeah. mean... It's also, again, religion as seen through a very heavily Gen X filter. Exactly. Which is, you know, woe is me and can't do anything about and it. And why else would you have Alanis Morissette as a god? That is true. <laughs> like... I remember that being one of the biggest issues people had. They're like, what do you mean god's a woman? And Alanis Morissette? She's Canadian! I'm like, oh,
1: what? And, and, and Kevin Smith's Canadian fetish continues.
0: It does. It really, really does, which... I don't actually understand that much, but he just loves everything Canada for some reason. And it's so, yeah, so, interesting.
1: So the animated series just it got produced. It ran. they made they produced six episodes. They aired two of them. No network wanted it after mm. that because it was not definitely not fit for television in two thousand. Like it's no, it wasn't. It, no. It's it it doesn't hold up terribly well. Unfortunately, spoiler alert. I. I have very fond memories of the animated series, but we are we living in a very different time now, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think some of it is you can see where like Paul Dini wrote an episode of the Clark's animated series. Sorry, who's Paul Dini? Paul Dini is the creator and uh, writer of Batman the animated series. No, yeah,
0: I should have known that. Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) He wrote
1: an episode of it, and there's like there's kernels of really good funny stuff. Yeah, but. Oh, also two of the kids in the hall up here in the, in the Tilt World Whirl mm-hmm. fair episode, the penultimate. Oh yeah, I did episode, see yeah. that one. Yeah, I
0: did. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, it's a. I don't know. I I, mm-hmm. I had fond memories of it. Rewatched it. I got some laughs, but there's mm-hmm. just moments of like, oh, I can see why I found that funny at the time. You know, w- f- nine, twenty years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But the thing is, I think if this show was put out now and it was tweaked a little bit. I could see it finding an audience. Oh, for sure. I I don't think there's anything
1: inherently problematic about clerks. Um, like, Randall is supposed to be a boorish, idiot guy from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to like Randall. No, you're not. Um, like, Randall will throw around ethnic slurs. He'll mm-hmm. throw around homophobic slurs. He's, he's not a hate-filled man. He's just a disaffected... Not, well, like, he puts up a front because... He's actually deeply insecure about everything around
0: him, right? And right. himself and his place in the world, and yeah, Clerks too, I, I think, does
1: a fantastic job of of holding that up. And I think of the three films or three three entries in the series so far, mm-hmm. I think it's the one that has the most interesting narrative progression for the characters because mm-hmm. um, Clerks Cause has actually <laughs> yeah. Clerks has no narrative progression; mm-hmm. it's, it just is what it is. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the slice of life. Um, but Clerks 2 takes the characters on an interesting journey and kind of looks at the underlying bleakness Mm -hmm. of what it's like to live in small-town New Jersey. Like, Newark is a big experience to people in in Leonardo, Mm -hmm. New Jersey. Yeah.
0: I actually really do agree with you with that, because it's more than... The thing about Clerks 2, it's more than just slice of life, even though it starts off that way, like the first one, Mm -hmm. because it shows they've changed position, something's happened... Where are they going with this? And something big is actually about to happen. Whereas the last movie, or the first movie, I should say, where even though, you know, Dante's there with his girlfriend and all this kind of stuff and maybe thinking about going back to school, there's no actual change coming at any point in time. It's like, this is today, this is going to be tomorrow, this is going to be the day after. Yeah. Whereas Clerks 2 is like, this is today, tomorrow is going to be completely different. And you're like, what? And that's what actually happens within the movies, that today was one day and the next day was completely different mm-hmm. but they showed the next day and I think that's the thing that kind of made it work
1: the the only thing that I think bothers me about Clerks 2 rewatching it now is that there was an opportunity so Randall is always painted as the fuck up Dante is painted as the level headed guy but in in, in, yeah. in the end they're both they're yeah. both kind of miserable and they're both kind I of I actually kind
0: else. of disagree with that like I think Randall isn't portrayed as the fuck up I think Randall is portrayed as mischievous Sure. Right. Yeah. He's not, he knows exactly what he is doing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with Randall.
1: He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's not. He's not accidentally fucking. Anything. Yeah, he's fucking right? with shit.
0: But and, and Dante though, Dante is the character that makes me angry the most in yes. the series because he is portrayed as I'm the nice guy. Why are these horrible things happening to me? But he is a horrible individual. He and is. He's the worst kind of person.
1: I was talking to to my partner, Lisa, when we were watching it and going like, well, Dante has a hot fiancé who genuinely loves him. She's mm-hmm. probably a little bit controlling, but he's also a fucking wimp. So yeah. it, it works well. They're, he's got a whole life ahead of him mm-hmm. and he cheats on his wife and impregnates another person and we're supposed to feel sympathy for him as a character. And you're yeah. like, no, you're just a an absolute asshole.
0: But that's what he did in the first Clerks movie as well. He's yeah. got a... Like, um... Uh, when, a. Uh, jay comes in and was just like what are you doing like jay the stoner that's on the corner he's like you have a hot girlfriend who wants to take care of you and make your life better she brings you lunches and she checks up on you all day to make sure you're okay but you decide that you want to go on a date with some girl who cheated on you eight and a half times while you were together in high school that you have a slight crush on yep it makes no sense because he's like, he's like, no, I'm a good guy. Bad things keep happening to me. I'm like, no, it's because you are the one who's making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And just like Randall says later on, he's just like, yeah, I was gonna do something, but then you decided you wanted to do it too. That's not my fault. That's your fault. Exactly. And it's true.
1: Yeah, um, the name Caitlin Bree comes up so many times in the animated series. I think my, my, my bigger my big problem with the animated series is they didn't know if they were making an actual Animated series about clerks, or if they were making off the wall adventures. It's like that. It's like the, It's like. <laughs> let me get this straight. You want a down to earth cartoon with wizards and off the wall adventures? Yes. Okay. It was just Poochie.
0: It was Poochie. Oh my god. That's what it felt like. Yes. Um, well, that's like because I don't think I've watched this animated series since I bought the DVD, which probably would have been like maybe like a year after it was on TV or something because mm-hmm. they wanted to recoup money. And um I like you remembered enjoying it. Whereas this time where I watched it, I just sat there with this confused look on my face the whole time going, What is happening?
1: Yeah. I
0: don't understand what is going on exactly, you know? And it's like cause like they had the episode where they went to this mega mall that was like taking over or whatever. But instead of making it just look like a mall, they made it look like a weird spaceship it was with like hover a Jetsons cars mall. and I was like where are you going with this exactly? Like I don't understand. You can have evil guys, you can have big fancy things or whatever, but you went from 1 to a million instead of 1 to 2, you oh, know. Yeah. It was odd. Uh, there there were like there were some
1: fun throwaways like the idea that, uh, that they're reading letters to them about um oh, you know, lack of lack of female representation in the show mm-hmm. and they're just completely just dismissive of the of the entire idea mm-hmm. and they're like, "Wait, you know what?" We should have some representation. and They create Lando. The only black name <laughs> yeah. they can think of is Lando. Lando. Yeah, I I'm like that's okay. That's pretty funny and stupid. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that he just walks by and says hello and then leaves and never gives advice to them yeah. is just. I, I thought that was a pretty good stroke of genius and held up pretty well. It
0: did hold up pretty well. Yes, I and, and the up. whole
1: I think I still quote the Merrimac cheese, um, uh, section of that that same episode uh, the the quarantine. Or no, it's the second episode where Orlando comes back. But the town gets quarantined because uh, Randall calls in, thinks that this, this monkey uh, has brought a, like, bites Mister Leonardo and has some kind of, like, Ebola virus type thing. Mm-hmm. So they quarantine the, the, that section of town. And James Woods arrives as a DEA agent or, or, like, or whatever, like, uh, the, the CDC. Yeah. As, like, some CDC agent and, you know, has to incubate them they're all going to die or whatever (laughs) uh and the mayor gives a speech the mayor of leonardo wearing Mm -hmm. a mayor mccheese outfit and he's like i want to remind you that i was on my way to a costume party and i did not have time to change out and you know people are asking and then then it cuts to the uh the chief of police giving a speech dressed as officer big mac he's like now look like the mayor i was on my way to a costume party but funny enough it was a completely different party (laughs) any questions and people asking about like you know Will the hamburger ever be brought to justice? <laughs> can the, is the disease, uh, could the disease kill the Grimace? And Nothing can kill the Grimace. You know, just some stupid throwaway McDonald's lines are pretty funny. Um, but there's, a yeah, it's pretty, it's, I think if they remade it today, as you said, if they remade it today and like grounded it in something, mm-hmm. I think it could hit
0: yes oh for sure you know because um i think we're very used to at this point like cynical tv shows like if they went fully the way of like bojack horseman for example yes where yeah bojack horseman is in a weird animal people world hybrid whatever but if they went straight up modern times they're here they're just mean cynical people it'd be fine yeah yeah i, I mean, mean
1: it, it, would, it would just evoke it would have the same spirit as daria
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, that kind of sarcastic, yeah.
1: you know, meanness. And we can't talk about Clerks without addressing the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. The sheer number of times watching this that I had to see the name Harvey Weinstein literally <laughs> everywhere <laughs> was just appalling. Yes.
0: Unfortunately, that's a, like something we have to bear for a lot of older movies.
1: Well, and, and honestly, the Weinstein Company was built around the success of Clerks. Mm-hmm. Like, Harvey Weinstein was, was moderately successful prior to Clerks, but the, but the like the first film's massive success on home release, and, mm-hmm. and even its theatrical run, bolstered that whole company. And so, yeah. like, you can't really separate the franchise from it. Yeah. Um, Kevin Smith has uh, come out and made a statement saying that um, any of the profits that he would generate from Clerks as a brand... Uh, is being donated to, I believe it's a Survivor's Assault charity. Oh. Um, or, and like, he's he's basically making, you know, because you can't stop the brand from existing, right? So, yes, it's, it's, it's it's out there already. So it's he's just making lemonade yeah. from lemons. Although there
0: is still talks now of a Clerks 3. I remember a couple of years ago, he posted a thing, front page of a script, Clerks 3, something he was working on. But I think possibly this whole wine scene thing, and he was just like, mm, maybe I'm not going to do that anymore, because yeah. he doesn't want to generate more money for it. Yeah. Um, but my question is, when it comes to that kind of stuff, like, so he just did the Jane Tom Bob reboot, which works in part of this world. Yeah, the US does, universe. Yeah. They call it. But like, does that... Is that comp- like separated or is that together? Does that make Clerks money? Like, ha- I, like I always wonder how that kind of I actually think works.
1: That it's possible that even Clerks 3 itself, if they do make it, would be divorced from the Weinstein Company because they, um, usually when these things are done, the author owns the intellectual property rights. So the person yes. who created and wrote the concept owns the IP unless they overtly sell it. Now, mm-hmm. given that Jay and Silent Bob have appeared in so many different ways As it's obvious that he didn't sell those characters because mm-hmm. I don't think Chasing Amy was produced by the Weinstein Company it might have been but I definitely I don't think Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was okay and, uh, and now there's, like, video games with Jay and Silent Bob coming out mm-hmm. this, this year. The Bluntman and Chronic game. Yeah, they've and also
0: got a weed line.
1: They do have a weed line. So <laughs> yeah. I think I think that the IP is divorced, but there's probably a provision in there for numbered sequels. Yeah, probably. It's, it's like yeah. what happened with Brad Dourif. not uh, Brad Dourif. Um, the creator of Child's Play. Oh, my gosh. His name is looting me. Um, Child's Play, I don't know if you know, there's that crazy thing that happened this year where a Child's Play... So they've been making Child's Play movies... Since non stop, since the 80s, like mm-hmm. briar of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Cult of Chucky.
0: 1988.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the creator um, has been making and spearheading these films. And the success of those films caused the studio to reboot the original Child's Play because they owned the rights to the name Child's Play, which is why all the sequels he's produced were called Of Chucky or Something of Chucky because he owned the rights to the intellectual property created, but not the trademark to the word Child's Play.
0: Oh, so are you talking about uh, Don Mancini? Don Mancini, yes. Mm. So and he,
1: um, so when they rebooted Child's Play this year with with Mark Hamill, um, mm-hmm. he was very elegant about it. He just uh, posted a thing on Twitter being like, I don't know who that is. And that was his only response. Like, I don't know what that is to the film. Now, hasn't disparaged it publicly. Mm-hmm. But he's working on a... Chucky series for Showtime, I think.
0: Don Mancini or yeah, Don Mancini. Oh, okay.
1: That's coming out this year, so the IP is just fractured because uh. they decided because they own the rights to the name. So it could be that the name Clerks is owned by the Weinstein Company, and they're rebooting it without Kevin, or I don't know. It's mm-hmm. a weird, like a weird limbo situation. Yeah,
0: that's the problem with contracts and these movie things, and the separation of properties and and title rights and all that kind of stuff. Because those things can get mixed up, and they go crazy. I mean, Friday
1: the Thirteenth is going through lawsuits right now about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually is supposed to be settled in February, so we'll mm-hmm. find out the final decision on. The person who wrote the first Friday the 13th movie Mm -hmm. is claiming ownership over the franchise. Okay. Because a different person took over from two onwards. Yeah. But the first film doesn't have Jason in it. No, it doesn't. It's it's barely recognizable Mm -hmm. as a Friday the 13th film. And so the argument being made in court is, well, while you created the name Friday the 13th and like the setting, as it were... Mm the real meat and potatoes, the thing that people know it for, has nothing to do with what you create. Yeah. So yeah, that's, the current, that's the current dispute that's going on, we'll find out soon. Wait,
0: Friday the... Yeah, no, that is Jason, isn't it? Yes, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm very bad at horror movies because I don't really watch them very often, uh, so sorry. I get them very confused. Because Friday the 13th and... Wait, Nightmare it's Jason and, and Mike Myers. Those are the two I get. Yeah, mixed it's up Halloween. The Halloween, yeah. that's it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Bring it back
1: that. to Clerks. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I it's funny cuz I would always say Clerks was when I was younger I would describe the Clerks series of movies as like the films that say things that nobody else would say in a mm-hmm. film. And yeah, I I think that still holds true. Some of it I think is just like angry white dude yelling at screen. Yes. Very <laughs> much so. Don't worry. It hasn't Very aged, much so. it hasn't aged terribly well, and mm-hmm. I feel like as i become, you know, old, I like you know, now that I'm I'm trending towards my middle age and I am way more emotionally balanced as a human Mm. i look at it and go like oh i get it you were just really angry and disaffected when you wrote this
0: well i mean you want to talk about lack of representation that they made fun of in the the cartoon if you look at clerks it is it's so bad for that like because the whole main cast is white of course there's no people of color as far as i remember show up on screen at any point in time the first Clerks, no not at all and all of the women that even have words in the movie, all they're obsessed with is the men that they are there to talk to. And they're and all they're just se- like sex objects. And they're all just sex objects. And you're just like, because that was the thing that struck me about it, because it because I was like, oh, that's the that that was one of the things that made the difference. I was like, oh yeah. Angry White Guy movie, gotcha. Yeah. But I mean, some of the things that happens and says and does in this movie are universal of course. things and things that people talk about. And I'm kind of it's fun to watch a movie where two friends sit around talking about complete nonsense because that's what I do 95% of the time I'm with my friends. Because yep. that's what you do. It's yeah. fun. And like
1: there's, you know, I don't I don't think there is such thing as a sacred cow. And I don't think like, you know, in the context of two people Shooting the shit and talking. Mm-hmm. There's kind of nothing really terribly verboten. But the dialogue does tend to lean homophobic nowadays, looking back yes. at it. And it does lean pretty broy, mm-hmm. Um, which is ironic considering they're the least bros of bros. Is like if you were to take a step back and look how lame those characters are. Yeah. But the dialogue does read a bit. Uh,
0: but that's that's Randall's insecurity. Yeah, though. exactly. Uh, like 95% of that, like, the homophobic chat and the the broness comes from Randall you know, calling somebody gay and somebody fake and somebody this. And, you know, and Dante going, what the fuck is your problem? How does that do that? And then he goes off on a rant about something, you know, and you're just like, I get it. But that doesn't work right now. So we're going to (laughs) not.
1: The greatest part of Clerks 2, having rewatched it now, though, is Wanda Sykes. (laughs) <laughs> that I I had forgotten just how funny that scene was. Yeah. The dialogue, like interplay between Wanda Sykes and her husband mm-hmm. wanting to grab the food, and she's like, no, I don't want to eat food produced by a racist. And he's like, I'll eat the food. It's fine. The food's not racist. You can't taste the racism. <laughs> and
0: like uh, you could uh, just swap that in for Chick-fil-A right now. Oh well, it fine. is. It
1: was so fun. uh, yeah. really funny
0: funny. Because it's really funny because people are just like, no, Chick-fil-A's delicious. But they're racist and homophobic. But their chicken's good. <laughs> You're just like okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, I've never so there's recently been a Chick Fil A opened in Toronto. Yeah, it's on. It's down by the Eaton Center. Yeah, I have no interest, and I haven't nope. gone in there. But every time I pass by it, it's filled with people. I'm like, all right.
1: We we had this uh, office debate that kind of felt like an excerpt from Clark's. Clerks and I look back at it. We were talking about like, well, none of us want to support Chick Fil A. But people keep talking up the sandwich. So how do you, like, (laughs) how do you acquire a Chick-fil-A sandwich without supporting them? Because I I refuse. I will not spend a dollar Mm -hmm. at this establishment.
0: But what if somebody you know happened to buy one and was like, hey, do you want a bite?
1: Yes, because at that point, I haven't supported the, like, the the sandwich is there, right? Like, Mm -hmm. to not eat it is basically just to waste food at that point. It's being inherently wasteful. Because, like, the sandwich isn't cursed, right? Oh, I don't know. I I don't don't know how they make their sandwiches,
0: so... But
1: it's like, you know, at that point... Uh, I would maybe, I would try it, but then the then we have the quandary, if it literally is the best chicken sandwich I've had in my life, like, if it, if it moves heaven and earth itself, right?
0: <laughs> Clouds part, new yeah. sun opens, now I, have, now I have a moral dilemma, mm-hmm.
1: right? Because, like, okay, it's a fucking chicken sandwich, I can get a better one at Popeye's, or I can get it like, th- that's fine, but if suddenly I am cursed with the knowledge that this sandwich is that fucking good, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, well... Now I can never have that again unless like somebody buys one and gives me a bite Mm -hmm. because I have a very strong ethical line about it. Yeah. I think I'd just be cursing myself. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the bite. That's where I came to. I would not take the bite because if it was so good, then I know I would never really have that experience again, yeah. and I'd, I'd be, f- be deprived of it.
0: Yes, that's yeah. true. You'd just be depriving yourself of a great joy. Yeah. Meanwhile, ignorance you're... is bliss, and mm. I don't have
1: to support a bunch of, like, you know, homophobic assholes. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because I don't know why. Like, I walk by, and I mean, I do have, like, a moral uh, issue with them. I do. Mm -hmm. But usually when it comes to food, I like to eat food. I eat food. That's it. You know? Um, So usually that's not... Unless it's something very expensive, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Right? I'll spend my $3, whatever, and I'm like, eh, okay, walk away. But this time I walked by them and I was like, yeah, no. Like, no. That's just not a thing that's I think if We're lucky that
1: we're... (laughs) We're spoiled for choice in Toronto with some yes. of the best food in the world. Like We really any, are. Of any ethnicity and any origin, you can mm-hmm. imagine we have it here. So, like, yeah, I mean, I could spend $7 at a Chick-fil-A, or I could go across the street and get some amazing Korean food.
0: Yes, like, that's true. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I'm going to go across the street. Thank yeah. you very much, you know. And especially in that block where they're located, there is so much stuff from, from fast food to... um franchises to high dining mm-hmm. within that, like, one block. So I'm like, I don't want Chick-fil-A. Right. I, don't, I don't want that. And even, like, there's there's a Five Guys there. I have no moral issue with them. That's not the thing. But I went in there once to buy a burger and fries, and a burger and fries is coming up to, like, $17. And I'm like, I can get a really good meal. Yeah. That's not burger and fries for that kind of money. Yep. You know? So I'm like, eh. so I've never had Five Guys for me. So, I mean, it, it really is like a balance out, like, how happy is my mouth going to be compared to how much money I'm going to spend. True. So, um,
1: on the Clerks subject, watching the animated series, I noticed that there's, there's an episode where they go to, like, a faux Comic-Con, and they give a panel, mm-hmm. and the panel is complaining that they, you know, the audience is complaining that this is, they, they're not down to earth, and they've gone off the wall, and they don't represent what the Clerks originally stood for, mm-hmm. and one of the guys is asking a question, is wearing a movies shirt. Uh, which is the burger franchise in Clerks 2. Yes. Had movies been mentioned prior? did it... Dogma
0: come out before Clerks 2?
1: Yes, it did. So yeah, then,
0: so, uh, so oh, right, well, wow, actually, hold on. But I don't know what year Dogma came out. Dogma. Dogma was 1999, so yes. So, uh, so movies would have been a reference.
1: Yeah, to, yeah, okay, so it was mm-hmm. basically straight off the production of Dogma. They started the animated series and then made mm-hmm. a reference to that. Yeah, I I find it um, bizarre how eerily internally consistent Kevin Smith's productions are. Yes, like even down to Dante painting uh, Rosario Dawson's toes mm-hmm. uh, from an offhand line that he's good at painting toes.
0: Yeah, but he also paints his fing the fingernails of his girlfriend in, in clerks. clerks. Yeah, um, and it's true he's very good at picking out really small consistencies through whole things that, you know, that are stuff that people could just drop at some point in time. Mm -hmm. But even, like, the Clerks movie, every, like, every, like, ten minutes or so, it's, like, it smells like shoe polish. And it's so stupid, but it's so funny at the same time because it's just this one consistent thread to remind you, this is the same fucking day this nonsense is happening. And it's, I think, small details like that is what make especially comedy, is what makes things really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I mean,
1: I think what makes Clerks, or made it work, even with the poor aging that the series has had, is that it was really just written like a series of vignettes. It's, it's written like a sketch comedy show, mm-hmm. with the, where the characters are internally consistent, right? So like, oh, we, talk, we don't talk about the plot of Clerks, we talk about the scenes in Clerks. Yes. Like, you know, you talk about the cigarette salesman, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, 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 the gum salesman, rather. Right? Sorry, yes. Yeah. Oh,
0: yes. He was, yeah. The gum which salesman. I thought was hilarious, actually. And,
1: and you talk yeah. about 37 Dicks. You talk about uh, <laughs> Berserker. Yeah. Those are not things that particularly happened. They're just vignettes. Yeah. And same thing in Clerks, too. There's the Lord of the Rings lambasting. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I still laugh at. I think that's a hilarious. Like the the walking. Here's what happens in the first film. Mm-hmm. Just walks. Second film walks, third film, third film walks, drops the ring. Yeah, and, <laughs> walks uh, away. <laughs> the pickle fucker, like everything's yeah. just broken down into these little vignettes of things that happen. And I think that's what made it work.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I think, too, it's like, um, it works like how people remember their day going, right? Mm. You don't remember point A to point B to point C to point D. You remember, oh, this thing happened and then this thing happened and then this thing happened. And that's why, and I agree with you that I think that's one of the reasons why Clerks works is because you don't see, you see the mundaneness, but you see the interest in the mundaneness, but you don't see the connecting points because the connecting points aren't necessary, Mm -hmm. right? But you just need the reminder of a timeline happening, which he sprinkles throughout. Exactly. I also were
1: like, didn't remember there being so many musical montages in Clerks 2 as there are. Mm-hmm. There's the bumper car scene. Yeah. Or the go-kart scene, rather. Go-kart scene, yeah. Um, and there's uh, Jay's Goodbye Horses, uh, like, Buffalo Bill scene. Which is disturbing. It's fantastic. <laughs> then there's the weird Jackson 5 ABC dance scene like instructional rosario dawson's teaching him to dance, dance. on the roof yeah. but for some reason the entire community is doing like a musical number dance yeah there's just a lot of musical montages mm-hmm. and lyrics,
0: too. um yeah i, I, I mean, guess I you just... can count the
1: donkey show as a part of one too
0: <laughs> <laughs> i guess you, i don't want to but i guess you can that yes? I, I, that's <laughs> that's a
1: fun series of events in that film though like just in terms of fun pacing calling the fire department Rushing in, being surprised with the the donkey show, forgetting he called the fire department, the like, the confluence of of uh just disasters and like all, it almost feels like a mark like a Looney Tunes or a Marx Brothers film at that kind of bit. thing going
0: on there. Yeah, I mean Kevin Smith is a, of course like a Hollywood person who's also obsessed with films, so I wouldn't be surprised if his references and his uh to writing some of the, the stuff he puts in there does come from something yeah. like that, you know what I mean? Because even like there's slapstick in there and stuff, that's clearly like um like the three stooges and all that kind of stuff. And um very uh what do you call it? Situational comedy that's like kind of like uh not situational, but more uh observant, like you know, like Seinfeld comedy. Yeah. Like, what's the deal with airplane food? Like it's that you Know it's that kind of comedy stuff thrown in there, but then he also manages to throw in those like uh notes that touch the heart and all that kind of stuff, so it makes the comedy not just a throwaway but mm-hmm. something that actually does something.
1: I also do like the um the bit in Clerks 2 where at the very end Jay and Silent Bob buy them a new quick stop, mm-hmm. and they're like where'd you get the money to do this? And Jay's response is, why does nobody remember that they made a movie about us? Yeah. Because <laughs> <Jane laughs> Silent, like the canon of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is that there's a blunt man in Chronic movie that they are suing for likeness rights for. Yeah. And they end up winning and getting paid out from the a film. A of movie. And, yeah. and then like, n- it's not com- touched on at all again in Clerks 2, mm-hmm. except for that very end bit there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I guess it's not really part of this story that's being told. Yeah, right? well, I mean, so, they are there. Mm-hmm. And
1: the entire time I was watching Clerks 2 for the first time, I was like,
0: but aren't they, like,
1: fucking extremely wealthy now? Why would they be selling drugs outside? Well, and then I'm like, wait a minute. No, what else do they know how to do? Dude,
0: exactly. Yeah. And also, I mean, once you get a whole crap load of money, you can do whatever the fuck you want. So why go get a job? You know, if, I mean, like... The thing is, the thing I like about Clerks too, in the end that they just end up owning the quick stop and they make it their own thing. For a lot of people, it would be considered like, why would you want to do that? That's pointless. Why don't you want to be a lawyer? Why don't you want to be a doctor? Why don't you want to be like, you know, quote, quote, unquote, a status job, right? But one thing that they find out in this movie is it's like, I don't want to do shit. You know, I don't, I want to make enough money. That I'm not broke, but I also don't want to do anything. Yeah. And this was the point in time where I got to do that and be my do whatever I wanted to do. And this is the thing that makes me happy. And people's happy places are in different areas or different points in their life or whatever. And I mean, I mean, me working at a quick stop not my greatest idea. Mm-hmm. But for them, within the context of this world, that's the thing that makes them happy. That's the place they want to be. Let them do it. Yep,
1: you know. And I'm sure that there's not an insignificant number of like actual stories or pastiches of his real friends growing up that live in Dante and Randall. Like I'm sure oh, yeah. that they are caricatures of his friend circle growing up in mm-hmm. in like suburban New Jersey. And I'm sure even like his uh, his buddies who own that comic shop that he does the podcast yes. or the, with. I'm sure that they kind of have a bit of Dante and Randall in them. Like mm-hmm. they're not. You know, they're famous now because of Kevin Smith. But if Kevin Smith wasn't famous, they'd still probably just be selling comics out of their comic shop, Well, yeah,
0: I mean, their fame came from when he decided to do comic book men. Like, people went to, like, the comic book store they worked at and met them, sure. But they weren't famous. But as soon as he put them on TV, they quote-unquote became famous. But it's so clear that even with their fame, they're like... Can I go back to the comic book store? Yeah. You know, you see them in interviews, you see them um, even, like, on the actual, like, comic book men show, you see them on tour together, they're doing press junkets, and they're just like, I just like selling comic books. Yeah. I not, just kind of happen to be here now. They're not
1: Pawn Stars, you know? Like, no, no. Like, they,
0: they're not trying to get out of that world. They're like... I like comic books. I like everything to do with that world and made-up fantasy. I like the art. I like talking to people about it. That's just what I want to do. And working in a comic book store allows me to do this thing. Yeah. And yeah, I make more money now. So now my wife has a bigger house and whatever. But I just want to go back to the comic book store.
1: Yep. And I think that that perfectly captures the ennui of living in like a suburbia. And also the idea of, you know, you don't have to be exceptional like mm-hmm. you know the it's the idea that uh, like parents pushed our like the boomer generation mm-hmm. and the greatest generation push is that like you need to do something with your life yeah but if you're happy just existing mm-hmm. if that's where you derive your happiness then go for it
0: right but is it really doing something with your life or is it the whole idea that you have to be um, mm-hmm. what do you call it like not famous but like like, there's, there's definitely statuses in our society where yeah. if you have a job that's below a specific status, you've wasted your life. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. if you have a job that's above a certain status, you have made it. Yeah, it's really you an know? arbitrary,
1: it's this weird arbitrary line, like, oh, are you a lawyer? Well, then, congratulations. You mm-hmm. have done fantastic. Are you a janitor? Well, what are you wasting your life on? It's yeah. like, why the fuck are we making that distinction? And the only distinction there is money. yeah. And yeah. uh, it's like, "Fuck that shit,
0: yeah, I remember I had um it wasn't really an argument, but it was a bunch of friends were together and we were talking about um you know relationships and all that kind of stuff, and a friend of mine brought up the fact that he was like he was like so grossed out that uh, his friend was dating a guy who's a postman, and I was like, what the okay, fuck? but the the thing that really bothered him is like, no, 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 you don't understand. He doesn't want to do anything but be a postman. He likes being a postman. How can you date somebody like that and I'm like but what's wrong with being a postman? Like, yeah. I don't... Like, if you're happy, you're making good money, you're you're getting by in life. Not, not just getting by, but I mean, you know, you are doing something you want to do. You're doing the thing that makes you happy and you have all you need. What's wrong with that? Yeah. You know, and we had this cute, like, half the room was like, yeah, what a waste of time being a postman. And the other half was just like, there's nothing wrong with being a postman. And I was on that side. Yeah. And I think people, it's funny, people have
1: no idea what happens at jobs too sometimes the jobs they don't do Mm -hmm. so for example most people look down at the job of like a mover like moving like it's the same thing like oh you're dating a guy who's a mover Mm -hmm. my girlfriend works in film she works for she works for the set decoration department so it sounds glamorous and awesome she works on american gods and on Mm -hmm. star trek discovery and some of these other shows but she describes her job she's like i'm an over glorified mover like today i'm moving a sofa Today I'm going to drive a forklift in a warehouse to get a box off a shelf mm-hmm. to unpack that box and move it to another set. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing anything terribly crazy. I am just a glorified mover.
0: Yeah, but her job has that title, yeah. so it's
1: fine. But mover? Oh, yeah. that's so oh, it's, that's it's It's horrible. a weird, like... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's it's a classist thing left over from post-war anxieties. And, like, yes. They, I think a lot of that comes from, yeah, like... Mm-hmm. I, our. The, our, the previous generations wanting better for our generations, but not actually. Yeah, but the...
0: but Better like, is arbitrary. It's exactly. And technically, the last two generations, because of the society that was created by the boomers, yeah. we are actually doing worse oh, yeah. than they are. And it's the first set of generations that are... In that situation, right? Because of economic downfall, because of wars, because of, um, uh, like, we technically have access to everything that we need, but everything is incredibly expensive, which puts many people below poverty lines, yeah. things like that, I, and it's crazy. And I think,
1: like, the, the simplest solution to all of it, that, like, the reason the boomers are able to succeed was because the generation before them stepped away, and the boomers then had to do the things, fill the roles. But mm-hmm. boomers want us to be, you know, they always say they chastise Gen Xers and Millennials for being lazy and not having great jobs. Mm. The boomers haven't retired from the jobs that they're in. And they, they have not let us get those yeah, jobs exactly. either. They haven't yeah, exactly. The, they haven't vacated those spots. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're still just siphoning away the money. Yeah. And that's, like, like so many of these problems just come from them but still also, being there.
0: But also one of those reasons because they can't retire, right? Yeah. Because there is no They don't have retirement funds. They don't have savings because there wasn't any where to save money, Mm -hmm. you know? And as, you know, the time has gone on, it's got more and more expensive. And then they're yelling at their kids, why aren't you making more money to support me? And you're just like, because I can't get a job. Because you guys still have all the fucking jobs. Yeah, it's it's a horrible know?
1: like self fulfilling prophecy. It is.
0: It really, really is. So yeah. So that's why we still understand the complaining in clerks. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I think. So think. Think about clerks. Now, if Clerks Three is in the works still, mm-hmm. do you think the world needs a Clerks Three? No. I also agree because they're going to be like think about it. Uh, the the actors must be pushing fifty. Yeah. So like like probably. Between 47 and 50 for, for both Dante and Randall.
0: Yeah. Well, the characters in Clerks, they were supposed to be 22. And in Clerks 2, they are
1: 33. Because Randall makes a point of saying, I'm 33. Okay. Or, or Dante says, you're 33 years old, Randall. Okay. So that is, it has been 14 years. hmm So yeah, so they'd be... four. So they were probably going off the actor's age. Yeah. Uh, 47, 48. So yeah, like what do two 48 year olds who run a convenience store that is their own that is their own like they don't have a boss to complain about the mm. man isn't keeping them down anymore mm. they achieve the boomer dream at the end of Clarks 2 technically yeah so
0: what is Clarks 3 gonna be about that is and that is the question maybe it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things where it's about their kids just oh, like yeah. bill and ted that's coming out like it's about their kids it's not about them yeah. anymore you know Or it's going to be about how, you know, Rosario Dawson's character, which I don't remember right now. Becky? Becky. Becky. uh, Leaves Dante because she realized he is a dick and walks out on him or something like that. And that's the big turnaround. His life's falling apart again. And so he's now got something new to complain about. Yeah. And Randall's going to be sitting there going, yeah, you did this to your fucking self, moron. And then that's going Or maybe they move
1: to Canada and Clerks 3 is both the conclusion of the Clerks trilogy and also the conclusion of his weird Canada trilogy.
0: Oh, but maybe you find out that he is... They're actually expanded and he's the owner of the... I didn't see Yoga Hosers, but I know he's in a convenience store, but it turns out Dante's the owner of that convenience store. Yeah, You know, so there's all the connections in there. It's part of the same world.
1: Yoga Hosers was terrible.
0: (laughs) Okay, look, they had, I saw the trailer, they had, what is it, Nazi sausages? And I was like, I'm not looking at this. Bratsies, they call them. Bratsies, okay. Um, I could not bring myself to look at that. I mean, I looked at Tusk, and I was surprised how good that movie was. I enjoyed
1: Tusk quite a bit.
0: Except for the last, like, two minutes, (laughs) which kind of, like, ruined it. I was like, why? This scene is not necessary. Yeah. But that whole movie is creepy and uncomfortable, and really well acted. And I was shocked. Um, it was a one. It
1: was like basically a one act play, which I really liked. Like yeah. the, you know, very few sets, mm-hmm. uh, other than establishing sets. Yeah. And, and the just the acting was fantastic. The writing was great, and mm-hmm. everything was like on point about Tusk, which is why I think I was so angry about yoga Hosers, because. <laughs> I, I thought we were we are witnessing a new Kevin Smith yeah. who is broadening his horizons. Mm-hmm. Oh I mean But we
0: also saw that with Red State as yeah. well, which was which was touted as a horror movie, which I don't understand I why. Don't that either. Uh because I didn't watch it for a long time because I was like, I don't want to watch a horror movie. And the trailers for it made it seem really kind of like violent which it wasn't when I watched it. And it's more of like a sort of like suspense thriller kind of thing with a little couple of dark notes to mm-hmm. it. And fine. I get it. But it was really well done, really well yeah. written, and everything. And then I saw the trailer for Yoga Hosers, and I was like, what the shit is this?
1: I, I, to be cynical, I think Yoga Hosers was just an attempt for a vehicle for uh, his and uh, Johnny Depp's daughter. To be oh to be in a movie together
0: uh, but they I, could have done something better than that yeah yeah
1: but i mean and i think in the vein of let's get to high school age girls to play high school age girls doing like wacky things i think mm-hmm. that's i i think that it was probably a, a movie that was developed like by riffing off of ideas like oh and what if they do this and then what if this happens yeah and I'm sure it was just a passion project that went off the rails,
0: mm-hmm, kind but, of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. At some point in time, I'm definitely going to watch it, but at the same time, every time I think about it, I'm like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, I just don't know if I can handle that level of idiocy. Yeah, yeah. There's always a line. There's a, there's a line I hit sometimes where I'm just like, Ugh. man. Uh, speaking
1: of things that like really creeped me out that didn't when I first watched the film, watching Clerks two and Randall going on and on about. Like the seventeen-year-old girls that he wants to bang who come into the into the establishment, yeah, no, talking about you know dribble. barely legal pussy, and you're like, oh wow, yeah, like uh, no, yeah, yeah, just like a thirty-three-year-old man, like if he was, if he was. If the characters were the age they were in Clerks, mm-hmm. and they were talking about it,
0: it would be it would still not be nice, but it'd be less uncomfortable. It would be
1: just like a, an average bro thing to say, mm-hmm. and not just not a preying upon the youth uh, mm-hmm. thing to say, and like yeah, it, it, in Clerks too, it's a lot worse.
0: Yeah, but I think that goes with um, a dazed and confused. Yes, um, because especially like. A lot of movies sort of keep going back to Matthew McConaughey's line, you know? I love high school. I love high school girls because I get older and they see the same age, right? And it is... Every time I hear it and every time I think about it, it gets grosser and grosser and grosser, right? And I think that's exactly what this is. It's just... (laughs) saying the same thing in a different way. But the way Matthew McConaughey said it, everybody's like, oh, that's cool. Um, and then way random so you're like, that's gross. But I do like, if you think about it, they're the saying thing, exactly yeah. the same thing. I also um, think
1: society, we've gotten, rightfully so, a lot less tolerant about that yeah. kind of, like, preying upon the youth.
0: Yes, behavior, yes, for sure, for sure. Um, because we've seen what it does yeah. to people and we've seen what it does to our society and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's not a good place to be yep yeah
1: sweet Mm -hmm. what else is there to say about clerks i mean in in a way we're all either a a dante a randall a jay or a silent bob Mm -hmm. it's the four the four archetypes
0: (laughs) i I mean
1: i don't think so sure that's true
0: that's yeah that can't be i really can't be true because i'm sitting (laughs) there going oh my god which one am i
1: silent bob's uh got the best monologues ever yes like he is, he is the best character, um, and of course, Kevin Smith is just self-inserting himself into the yeah. film. He's the he's the the author's voice, mm-hmm. but like you know that like um, the monologue in jail is a great scene in Clerks 2.
0: Yes, it is,
1: and it's 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 literally. I mean, it's ham-fisted because it's Kevin Smith literally beating the viewer over the head with the thesis of his movie, mm-hmm. and he he has a. Unfortunate Penshaw of doing that.
0: Like Yeah, but I think it's because he knows his audience. Yes. Um despite the fact that I think we two are quite intellectual individuals and whatever. I'm not saying we're above people or anything. But his movies, especially this set of movies, are really aimed at the stoner crowd who want yes. even though the jokes are <gasps> you know quick and all that kind of stuff. He's not. He's he's not pointing at the smartest people in the room to hey look at this, right? Uh, he's looking for the mid ground kind of dumb people to look at it. But if you're, you know, you can be an intellectual and still enjoy this kind of stuff, which is totally fine. Yeah. So and I think one of the reasons why he is smacking people over the head of it because he knows his audience isn't necessarily the smartest people. In the yeah, and, he, and like Kevin Smith is, is the kind of guy
1: who will write a movie that simultaneously waxes poetically about the value of relationships and change and societal impact and like reflection upon yourselves. Mm-hmm. Also talking about donkey dicks, you know, yes. like it's <laughs> so I understand. Yeah, he's got a he probably does have to really bash the audience over the head just to get the thing back on track. On track.
0: Yes. Yeah. He needs to move things back over. Don't forget, this is what I'm actually talking about while that guy's dancing dirty in the background. Yeah. Eh, 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 we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. Exactly. Yeah. Um well I mean the thing that makes clerks clerks is the fact that, you know, they had they were clerks and they had to put up with um uh customers coming in and stupid questions and all that kind of stuff. And I must admit the one montage they had about complaining about the customers coming in, I really still connect with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I haven't worked in retail in a very, very long time. But at the same time, I still remember those moronic or obnoxious or frustrating interactions that you'd get a slew of them every single day. They never you know? leave you. It's always there in the They're back of your mind. Always there in the back of your mind. I mean, did, did you work in retail at any point? Briefly. Yeah? yeah. At, in? So I did
1: uh, fast food stuff. So. Fast food. Oh, that so seems first torturous. To resonates a little bit. More. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that was my, that was my, like, my, I, I, thankfully not a lot of front of house stuff, but mm-hmm. still idiots are idiots everywhere. Everyone bitches about the idiot customers. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the, the thing is like, you can always tell a person who has never worked in retail by how they interact with retail staff, whether it's fast food or clothing or, or trinkets or whatever. It's. You know, the, the quote unquote, the Debbie's, you know, um, and the Karens, (laughs) they've never worked in retail. That's why they act like that, you know? And, um, I just, I don't know. I just found it, I just found it hilarious. Cause, um, for a long time I worked in, um, I worked at a bookstore and people were just like, Oh, that must be an easy job. I'm like, "Ah, No. You would be
1: surprised. I can imagine. I walk walk into BMV and I see the sheer like volume of customers there and go, Oh my god, these poor poor
0: employees. Yeah. I mean you have people who come in who are looking for I saw on TV this book that's like purple and have gold writing and they're just like I'm going
1: to need some more than that, I guess. Okay. An <laughs> yeah, author, never... a title, a genre. Yeah, a subject. it's just
0: something. I could I could point you to an area, but I just need more than a purple book with gold writing.
1: The purple book section's around the corner, but it's hard to narrow <laughs> it down.
0: Uh, one of my uh, worst yet favorite interactions was uh, I opened the bookstore one day. We opened at 10. And as soon as we opened, a guy walked in. Went straight to the sci-fi section, which is fine. I love sci-fi. it's yeah. in there all the time, whatever. Um, didn't see him for a while, walked past, and we saw like piles of books on the floor, and we're just like, what is going on? He had he was very angry that all of our Star Trek books were not in the correct order, and he took it upon himself to rearrange the Star Trek books. But that's when I actually paid attention to what he was wearing. He was wearing like a red um what do you call it, like windbreaker that had a whole bunch of like Star Trek patches. On one side, ah. um, especially Klingon patches. and oh, I was geez. like, yep. okay. <laughs> so, this is gonna be fun. So, yeah, I sat with him for what, like an hour and a half, talking Star Trek as I let him do it because I was just like, sure. There's nothing I can do about it. I was but like, now you'll
1: always have the story of Star Trek guy. <laughs> Kapla, good friend. Kaplah. <laughs> Kaplah, yes. <laughs> he probably thought it was a patak or whatever, no. <laughs> but
0: that's fine. That's right. We know Klingon. It's okay.
1: On this podcast, uh- <laughs> we're
0: well-learned. <laughs> uh, and the other thing I wanted to say about that, that montage as well is, so, you know, every time they cut to uh, Randall in the video store and there was like... Um, there was a customer against the wall. I paused at one point because I was thinking, oh, it's probably going to be, like, fake movies that are in the background or whatever. Oh, no. They had all real movie covers and titles on that I wall. I bet you
1: because they wouldn't have thought to Greek out those titles because they didn't think the movie was going to go anywhere. Oh, probably. Yeah.
0: Probably. But I wonder what sort of, like, backlash there was against that with, probably like, company. Not- probably nothing. I, right. feel, I
1: feel like none of the movies were terribly, like front and center
0: but they were so clear yeah they were so clear and like they weren't some of them were smaller movies but some of them were relatively big movies i mean there was um a league of their own under siege uh basic instinct uh encino man oh man (laughs) wait you're telling me encino
1: man came out
0: before clerks apparently wow I know, right? Doesn't that make you feel...
1: Makes me feel like I was frozen in ice and then thawed and i Brendan Fraser now. And <laughs> Man was
0: 1992! Oh my
1: gosh. Jeez.
0: Yes, okay. So, yeah. That was before. Jeez.
1: I'm just sad Brendan Fraser never made it into uh, Kevin Smith's view universe. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Polly Shore would have fit right in.
0: I don't know actually. Yeah, probably I not. I think Brendan Fraser, yes. Polly Shore? No. Uh, I don't think so. Polly Shore and Jay and
1: Silent Bob in their like Poochie like adventures.
0: Oh my god, maybe. Actually, no, if Pauly Shore showed up in one of the Jay and Silent Bob movies as like uh like a character in one of their movies, yeah. that would work. Totally. Totally down for that. Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what else is there to say about clerks? I I think my my final thesis on clerks is it is not a movie that has aged terribly or series that has aged terribly well. Uh I think if that, that young people would like people of the next generation the gen zers and all that mm-hmm. were to go watch it i think there'd be a lot of problematic rants about it on the it, it oh yeah about how problematic oh, for it is. sure and i don't disagree there are things in that that are best left in the past mm-hmm. um but it's a time capsule it is and it represents the feelings and sentiments of the the late 80s early, early 90s mm-hmm.
0: like it's so perfectly crystallized yeah and also in their horrid fashion yeah. as well which oh, god every t- time somebody walks in a door was like oh my god what are you wearing <laughs> that's all i kept thinking um but it's true if you have never seen clerks before and you go to watch for the first time you're gonna be offended yeah or and disgusted I, And I, I
1: will say like i think you know it, it's a it's great that people who are in their late teens early 20s nowadays actually have like way to channel their uh, adolescent rage into something productive like there's a lot more things you can do in terms of being proactive in politics and proactive Mm. in things out there but in 1994 93 if you're 20 or 19 and you're just angry at the world you got nothing you got nothing you you can do like the the internet wasn't a thing nope um you didn't have resources You, you could just you all still, you could do you was you still had
0: to go to the library to look yeah. stuff up. And so you just acted Googling. out
1: in your small town and mm-hmm. vented with your buddies and yeah. pissed off customers of your local Lloyd blockbuster, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. the the adolescent rage of the of the nineties is a very specific time capsule. And I think it it while Dante and Randall aren't adolescents in in clerks they might as well be
0: it's no it's and it's true i mean and especially the fact that one of their spaces that they were using within there was a video store really does overall like age the film no Mm -hmm. matter what right because i mean if it was like um i don't know like a quick stop and like A radio shack, and we sold batteries. Sure, we still get batteries now, whatever. There's no radio shacks, but still. Um, (laughs) I like that was your first example of a radio shack, not like a Best Buy. Wait a second, no, that's not going to work either. (laughs) Um, But like, I mean, if he sold. A record store. A a record. Yes, that's right. Because records went out but came back in, it's fine. So it would work. Um, But like VHS, like, shit oh, <laughs> I, I, so... I, I was like
1: i was i wasn't an employee of a video store but i was like a video store rat like i was there all the time mm-hmm. always getting movies always renting games yeah and you could identify those customers in in clerks are real like those are that's a real archetype of like guy walks up to the counter like i'm looking for something funny to watch tonight with my family mm-hmm. and it's like what kind of movies do you like i don't know like funny ones like a
0: sakes that's yeah that's not that's it, not helping anybody no but it,
1: like these are real parodies mm-hmm. of a real archetype that don't exist Just anymore it's
0: true it's true i was watching and i'm like you'll never see that again yeah you're not gonna see that either you're not gonna see that like also
1: i still think one of the death star rant the employees on the death star rant is still uh I, one of those long lasting uh tropes that'll be there forever like, like I yeah. think that, that that conversation is Pure gold.
0: Yes, uh, and I loved it. So I decided to look up how much it would cost to build the Death Star, and apparently somebody's done research on this already. Right. It's mental floss. It's fine. They do all this <laughs> kind of weird stuff, but apparently one was eight hundred fifty-two quadrillion dollars to construct.
1: Quadrillion.
0: Yes, that's. Hmm. I can't even imagine. I can't. I can't imagine that kind of money.
1: Is that like is that a billion billion or is that a thousand billion? <laughs>
0: Well, now i got to look up how much a quadrillion is.
1: Because a trillion is a hundred billion, right?
0: Yes. Or is it
1: a thousand billion?
0: I think it's... No, no. A trillion? A trillion is a thousand billion.
1: Yes. So then a quadrillion is a thousand trillion, which would be a million billion.
0: A thousand raised to the power of five, which is ten to the fifteenth power. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. So it is. It's... um, 10 to 15, it's not a billion billion, it's uh, a hundred million billion. (laughs) That's a lot. A lot. (laughs) That's a lot. No, it is a million billion, right? Six plus nine is 15. Okay, yeah, 10 to 15. Yes, it is. It is a million billion.
0: (laughs) Math. Mathematical!
1: (laughs) Anyway, point is, Death Star is fucking expensive. (laughs) It is. Where are we going to fund all this healthcare if we're building a Death Death Star? Star? Yeah,
0: like, I mean... No, well, yeah, I don't know. Give them
1: all good health plans. That's yeah, like, we
0: yeah. just need to have a space dock in space and just get to work. Well, just space, get it done. Space Force is on
1: it. Did you see <laughs> in, uh, their camouflage. in
0: their camouflage? <laughs> Which I thought was the greatest thing ever. Are they Going
1: to the forest moon of Endor. Uh, yeah, they're they're
0: gonna hunt down the Ewoks, um, just so the Empire can take over. It's fun. That's that's what they're gonna do, uh, and it just kills me. And you know what's really funny about it is that, technically, if Trump didn't say Space Force, people would be like, and there was like a show called Space Force, people would be fine with it. Because yeah. if you think about it, like, Star Trek is kind of stupid. Oh, yeah. Okay? Star Wars, also kind of stupid sounding. Space you know, Force. Space Force. Whatever. We'd get over it. Yeah. But in this kind of situation, you're just like, this is so dumb. Well, I also find it
1: incredibly dumb that the only reason... The space force is real is because so many people made fun of trump for saying the words space force Mm -hmm. that he doubled down and And has made it real yeah right like if people if if that had just been something he dotted off in a speech and no one lambasted him for it
0: yeah i don't think the space force would be real by now yeah i think people would just been like yeah whatever like, what are they going to do? Like, we already have a Space Force. It's called NASA. Yeah, that's that's the whole... And then we took the funding away from NASA because we were spending too much money on NASA. Um, but then you went to war and took all the money back from that... Uh, to, like, took all that money to blow shit up and then put it into a new NASA called Space Force. And you're yeah. just like, this doesn't make any sense, guys. Maybe, maybe they'll wage war on, on Elon Musk. And- <laughs> 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 Gotta shoot his car out of space. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's up there monitoring us. <laughs> it's fine. Shit. <laughs> it's going to come back instead of like burger, it's going to come back as Esla. Esla. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god, is are the events of Star Trek the Motion Picture just a premonition of the the, the Tesla car coming back? Yeah, I would think Super so. Super intelligent.
0: I would think so. Yeah. If at any point in time, please don't do don't take this as a dare for you to do this. But if they ever redo the Star Trek motion picture, they're going to replace Berger with Esla. I'm yeah. going to tell you this right now. Yeah, they It, it yeah. has to happen that way, or else you're just like, what? Makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I like Esla. like I said, Esla. <laughs> What is this, Esla? Or what, um, Tela? Or tela? Uh,
1: t? Yeah, t Tela. To go with, like,
0: Viger? Yeah, that's true. But it has to be in T-E-S-L-A order, though. Yeah, Tela starts with a T C-E-L-A yeah yeah okay yeah that makes sense yeah 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 I don't go. know
1: either you way kinda... there you go Hollywood yeah we'll be expecting our royalty checks yeah. yeah. Once once that's produced.
0: <laughs> Please don't do it, <laughs> See, this is a problem when you put ideas out there, people take it and you're just like, "No, I didn't mean for you to do it. I'm just pontificating." Michael Please bay, don't ruin Michael things. Bay's
1: Star Trek the Motion Picture. Oh, there would be so many
0: There would be so many explosions for no reason.
1: there will be just shots of Megan Fox washing a starship in the like, docking <laughs> bay like
0: <laughs> a shuttle. <laughs> It's, she, she's only got like a helmet on, but like a bikini, Yeah. and you're just like you're still gonna die that way. You know that, right? And it's fine. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, clerks. Clerks. Yes. So I, I completely agree with you. It is very much in a time capsule. It hasn't really aged as well as you would want it to because of that time capsule, but also lots of points of it are still relevant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's worth a watch. Um,
1: if you are, if you prepare yourself, if you've never seen Clarks, uh, and you aren't frozen in time from the eighties and have been just cryogenically resurrected, Mm -hmm. prepare yourself that it's going to be a little awkward and bumpy of a ride at times. A lot of slut shaming, a lot of homophobia, Mm -hmm. um, stuff that just doesn't really hold up today. But there's, I think there's a nugget of good in there. Um, Yeah. And also
0: there's a lot of, it's, it's low production quality. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I sometimes forget how low the production quality of, like, Clerks is, because, you know, Kevin Smith's been around for so long, and you go back to somebody's first movie, and you're just like, oh yeah, they were just learning what they were gonna do. Yes. Gotcha.
1: It's, it's a little hard to watch at times, just because of its low production quality, and like, he didn't really know how to film a shot, or like, frame things, Mm -hmm. or, uh, like, the hockey scene is, is, uh just just rough to watch it is but, but it's it's a great movie but
0: also the fight at the end which is a the lamest fight but also it was clear they didn't know how to quote-unquote fake fight each other yeah. to do it and you're just like it just looks like a lame fake fight yes <laughs> so you're just like oh my god what are you doing <laughs> yeah yeah so that's it yeah, that's, that's my thought
1: on Clarks. um yeah, go, go back and watch it. I do recommend it. I recommend the whole thing. Uh, the Animated Series is a fucking trip. If you want to, like, get really high mm-hmm. and watch Clerks the Animated Series, it's probably the best way to experience it, because, it, ooh, it goes off the rails. It does. It
0: has a nice visual style, though, which is very, very much like Clone High. Kind oh, yeah. Of
1: looking. Thick outlines. Yeah. Um, Charles Barkley is just a hero for appearing in so many <laughs> shorts, just to get told to go away by Jade Silent Bob. Yes. <laughs>
0: Uh, there's there's a lot of fun nuggets in there. That yeah. that's the thing that I think makes it still worth having a look at. Like it's not completely bad that it's completely a throwaway. The
1: entire trial of Jay versus Dante in the Quick Stop, presided over by Judge Judge Reinhold, and the jury entirely being comprised of the NBA, NBA All Stars of uh, two thousand, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if you have any love for 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 guys like Patrick Ewing and, and mm. Charles Barkley and uh, and. They they just make some really good cracks about Patrick Ewing in there. So if you if you wanna reminisce about uh late nineties in basketball, um which is the the last time I particularly cared You're about, about basketball. basketball. Yeah, true, uh, true, yeah. It's it's a good Like um, you
0: said basketball player names and I'm like, oh my god, I still recognize them. Yeah. Like, what <laughs> Ain't no LeBron on this jury, jury that's for yeah, sure. Serious. Yeah. But uh well, yeah, I think I think that's it. I mean that was a nice deep convo about... I think
1: we squeezed the juice out of that one. Yeah, we did.
0: Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you, for you for doing this. Um, and we'll have to have you back again for another in-depth discussion about some awesomely random something or other. Yeah,
1: we We, we talked about the Back to the Future trilogy now we talked about the Clerks trilogy. If you include "quote the unquote," animators. yes.
0: What's another another trilogy? Oh, I'll have to get you back for a trilogy of some sort. Yeah, I'll have to go through the list and put your name down for something. No God, It's gonna be it something like happened.
1: ridiculous, like Darkman or. Oh, I, I love I love the first I two Darkman films. I don't have Darkman. Oh, no. I
0: do actually have a ridiculous soft spot for the first Man movie. Oh yeah,
1: it's Sam Raimi like before <laughs> he went. Like before he f- formulaized himself, mm-hmm. Darkman, and it's Liam Neeson. It's Liam Neeson, yeah. Like yeah. how do you? Uh, yeah. That's
0: that's his like Actually, first superhero slash action like It's not cheating if
1: you buy Darkman before we record the next podcast.
0: Okay? Technically, no. <laughs> well,
1: there we <laughs> go. Technically,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I have actually been, uh, warned by a couple other people who's like, I'm gonna buy this movie just so you have to watch it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on! See, that's
1: the, that's the new gambit of the podcast. It's like, <laughs> oh, I don't,
0: I don't have to cover that movie. Like, slips
1: through the mailbox, slip mail slot. Like, Son
0: of a bitch! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, um, I guess that's it for this episode of Off My Shelf. Thanks again for being here. Thank you. Uh, Until next time, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at Oh My Shelf, or you can send an email to ohmyshelf at gmail.com. On the next episode, we'll be talking about the movies Closer and comic book villains. Hope you'll be here to listen.